Hi, I'm Tammy Hicks-Jackson. Welcome to my podcast. I am a Christian pastor in the United Methodist tradition, and this podcast covers a variety of topics. You may find anything from Bible study and devotions to yoga and meditation from a Christian perspective to my thoughts on Christian leadership and the church. Look for the descriptions and the tags for each episode to find what you're interested in. And thanks for taking this journey with me. Let's jump into this episode. Chapter 18 of 1 Samuel opens with us seeing that David, the newly anointed king, secretly, and Jonathan, the current king's son, who would be the heir to the throne, become close friends. It says that their souls are bound together. This is frequently used to refer to the relationship between a father and a son. It's a very, a very close relationship for two men who are not related to have. The giving of a robe, this would be symbolic of Jonathan's willingness to relinquish his claim to the throne. His vision is for David to be king and him to be David's second. Um, And Jonathan is supportive of his leadership. In this chapter, we see that the women who are praising uh, Jonathan and David, that they aren't discrediting Saul. They're just highlighting what David has done. But Saul's fragile, fragile ego just cannot take it. And so the animosity between the two of them begins with jealousy. In verse 15, where it says awe, this would be shock or surprise. This is not the awe that comes with respect. This is not the word when we talk about that we're in awe of the Lord our God. So Saul has to come up with a scheme to get rid of David. His first one is just to kill him. And then he's going to try to bring him into the family to benefit from his popularity by making him an ally, promote him, and then hope that he dies in battle. As we go into chapter 19, um, we see Jonathan defending his friend David to his father. Um, Saul goes back to trying to kill David, and now Michael um, helps him to escape. This idol that she places in the bed does not necessarily mean a religious figure. This was probably just a human statue that she places in the bed to pretend like it's David laying there. The most likely direction for David to flee would be to go south toward his home tribe, but he's pretty smart cookie. He goes north instead. We also hear another story here to explain the idiom is Saul among the prophets. We have another prophetic, ecstatic experience depicted for us. Um, and they are, are naked. Michael is going to criticize David for his nudeness later on. In chapter 20, Jonathan chooses David over his father, and Saul's response to his son is quite vulgar. Um, But David is loyal to Jonathan, and Jonathan is loyal to David, and that is now and in the future. In chapter 21, it talks about the bread of presence. This bread was placed in the holy place in the tabernacle and later the temple. It was changed out every day because, of course, it wasn't consumed. It was offered to God. Um, But once it was removed at the end of the day, it could be eaten by the priests. You can look this up in Leviticus 24, 9. So David flees to Gath. Gath is the home of Goliath. And we see that apparently the Philistines hate Saul so much that David fleeing there, the one who killed Goliath, is still a safe place for him to hide from Saul. David, however, pretends to be insane. Uh, 
to avoid being seen as either a threat or a valuable hostage to be traded. In chapter 22, David becomes almost a Robin Hood figure. Um, People come to him and he is helping. His family would have been in jeopardy. Saul would have gone after his family for what David is doing and how David is making him uh, angry. The poor priests at Nob are killed for helping David. Even though they didn't mean any disloyalty to Saul, they didn't know um, that David was on the outs with Saul. They literally become collateral damage in this. Um, Chapter 23, we see that David is a leader and a warrior, and he cannot help helping. People need things. They need to be defended, and he helps them. We see that David eludes Saul in a forest called Horish means forest, H-O-R-E-S-H. And Jonathan's words to David are quite optimistic. Um, This is what he hopes will happen. In chapter 24, David has a chance to kill Saul, and he doesn't do it. Um, In verse 3, it refers to Saul going into the cave to cover his feet. Some of them may say to relieve himself, but covering the feet means he was squatting to defecate. So it's a very vulnerable position for him to be in. And David is able to sneak up and cut a corner of his robe. This becomes very similar, almost an echo of the transfer of power in the same way that Saul tore Samuel's robe earlier. Um, And again, in verse 14 and 15, is David being humble with what he says? Or is he giving Saul a warning that I'm I'm not a dog or a flea. I'm I'm more to be contended with than that. Um, I'll leave that to you to decide. And in chapter 25, even though Samuel has given his farewell address earlier, um, he actually passes away at this point. And we have this beautiful story of David and Abigail. David asks a kindness or a reward from Nabal. Um, This would have gone with Bedouin ethics. We saw your people in the field. Not only did we not attack them, we dealt honestly with them, but we we even protected them. Our presence kept them from being vulnerable. So we were kind to your folks. You do a kindness for us. But Nabal's answer is sarcastic. Um, He would have known who David was. Everybody knew who David was. He's being disrespectful. He's also playing a political game. He doesn't want to help David. He isn't sure who's going to come out on top. Right now, Saul is at the top of the food chain, and he's not willing to make that any worse. But Abigail does what her husband should have. Um, And we suspect that this is not the first time Abigail has had to make amends for her husband because the servants go immediately to her. I think many, many times Abigail had to... um, mend fences, and repair relationships from what her husband had done. Her speech, the amount of language in her mouth that is captured in Scripture here is very unusual for a woman in Scripture. Ten days later, Nabal passes away. So David takes Abigail as a wife. Um, We also see that Saul has remarried Michael, um, who he had promised to David to another. Um, But Abigail is not David's only, just one of his current wives. He has multiples. So we've reached a point where there is a definite at odds with Saul. It is 
open hostility between them, and other people in the country are being asked to choose sides as to who they will support. So that takes us through chapter 25 of 1 Samuel. Thank you.